Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're celebrating the Pentecost, the feast of celebration for the coming of the Holy Spirit as told in the Acts of the Apostles. Out of his mouth come fire and smoke. I look around me, it looks so shy. I the Lord if it was mine. reading from the Gospel of John. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Today is Pentecost. It's a special day. You might have noticed there's a few extra decorations around. Let me tell you, I took forever getting the bird to hang just that way. <laughs> but I want, to talk, I want to talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about my story. I want to give you my testimony on this 
Pentecost Day. And I've shared some of my story to many of you before, but as you know, I, I didn't grow up going to church. I had no real experience of church or religion or, or anything, nothing significant anyway. And for the most part growing up, I didn't have what, what you would call positive interactions with Christianity. And so I kind of rejected it as anything that could be a part of my life. And at the same time, I had this deep yearning to connect to something greater than myself, to be of service, to, to make a difference in the world, to be a force for good. And I had hoped to find that in the Navy. I joined the Navy right after school. I didn't really like the Navy. <laughs> There's always people telling you what to do and it never makes a lot of sense what they want you to do and it really, I was in the Navy for seven years which was about six and a half years too long. <laughs> so I didn't really find what I wanted uh, there but I, I always had this sort of yearning and, and I'll be honest and say that I didn't, you know, I was in my 20s so I didn't really put a lot of effort into figuring out what the answer to that thing was but I was sort of, I guess, a half-hearted spiritual seeker. And when I got into my early 30s, um, it became pretty clear that, that being completely in charge of me was not really a, a workable plan. That in many ways my life was sort of unraveling. And it was at that time that I moved, we used to live in, uh, east of here in New York, and I moved to Oregon. And now I don't know if you've ever been to Oregon, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, we had a great life there, but Oregon, as it turns out, actually the whole Pacific Northwest, is the least religious part of the country. It's, it, there are fewer people there who are, are, are part of any kind of organized religion than anywhere else in America. And yet, it was there that I had my first real meaningful encounter with God. And, and what had happened is I had begun to sort of meet these people who lived out their following of Christ in a way that, that I never really encountered before. Maybe because I wasn't really curious enough previously. But these people seemed to live um, in a way that wasn't, wasn't hypocritical or self-serving or institutionally focused even. But they, they seemed to genuinely have a love of Christ and a desire to, to live their lives in his example. And that seemed to be really appealing to me. That was the thing that I felt like I had been missing in my life. And so I, I, I didn't like run off and go to church right away or anything like that. But I, so I, I'm, I started reading books. I read all sorts of, I read books about Jesus, I read books about saints, I read books about the history of the church, I read books about theology, I read like all sorts of books. However, the one book I never actually read at that time was the Bible, because um, it's really hard to read. Um, so I read all this other stuff, and, and I got to a point where I really, I really felt, actually after I read the Gospel of Mark, just the Gospel of Mark, that I really wanted to be baptized. Now, at the same time, for, uh, up to this point, for about 12 years, I'd been going to church on Christmas Eve 
to an Episcopal church on Christmas Eve. And I've, I've been to a couple different ones, but they had become a part of like my Christmas celebration. You know, you, you went for a sleigh ride, you went to church at midnight, you know, you opened presents. It was just like kind of part of the whole thing without really getting too deep into what Christmas might mean from a theological point of view. And so I, I had this desire to be baptized. I, I wanted to live like these friends of mine with this sort of genuine Christian life. And so I, I contacted the local Episcopal priest, the real Father John. <laughs> and I said to him, you know, I'd really like to join the church and become baptized and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and he was frankly quite skeptical because people don't do that. And it's true. People don't, no one's ever called me up and said, I want to become super involved in your church. I wish they did, they don't. But anyway, so I went and I, and it, it was like, it was beyond coincidentally providential that I happened to end up at this one particular church that had a fantastic program of bringing people who didn't know anything about Jesus into community and to learning about what faith means. They were very mission focused, very interested in, in social justice and, and really living out the example of Jesus's mission and ministry in their lives. And, and so I, I went through their program. It was like nine months, every week for nine months, I had to go to these like classes, isn't quite right, but this gathering. And on the vigil of Easter, I was baptized. And then on Pentecost, I was confirmed by a very nice man named Bishop Laddiehoff, who was this really tall, skinny guy with a very tall, pointy hat. <laughs> and what I discovered in that community is that Christianity, at its heart, is not really so much about belief. Right? Jesus says, believe that I'm in the Father. That's what he tells Philip. After Philip says, and Philip, by the way, who's been with Jesus from the very beginning. You know, chapter one of John's gospel, we meet Philip. And he goes through Jesus with everything that Jesus has done. And yet, they're near the end. And he still says, essentially, who are you? Who are you and what claim do you have on my life? And Jesus is like, Philip, you've been with me all this time and you still don't know who I am? That the Father and I are one. You can believe and trust in that, but the point isn't the believing. Because Jesus says, if, if you don't believe, then just look at what I do and see that it emanates from a place of good. And do that. And so at its heart, Christianity is really not so much about believing, accepting all the things we say about Jesus. But it's about trusting that the way of life that Jesus offers us is the very best possible way of life. And that the path that Jesus gives us is the path that will lead to our greatest thriving. And, and we can trust that these promises that he gives us are true because he comes from the Father. But whether you hold on to that or not, trust that, that Jesus tells us about how to live a life is real and meaningful. But importantly, Jesus says here, look, I, I can't stay. I can't be with you. I'm going to leave you. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. 
And this Holy Spirit will continue to guide you and to teach you and to give you the strength and the courage you need to live this life that I've asked you to live. And so we get today to the story of our first reading where the disciples, Jesus has died. Jesus has risen. Jesus has spent time with them 40 days there together before Jesus ascends and leaving them once again. And I can only imagine that the joy of the resurrection and yet to feel bewildered by his quickly leaving again. Again, they're alone without Jesus, their leader, the person who's held them together and he's gone and they're afraid because they're going to get arrested and maybe executed like Jesus was and and they don't want that they want to live like Jesus tells them and it's dangerous to do so and so they're in this room and they're locked away behind closed doors in fear and the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised decides to show up on that day and it says it's like a wind that blows them out the door I don't know somebody made a windy noise in the reading it was Vlad all right that was awesome, right? Because that's just what it was like. It was like this wind, that, like a hurricane force that, that they couldn't stay in that room and it, it throws open the doors as it pushes them out into the streets and they're bewildered and afraid. And, and it's a big festival in Jerusalem so Jewish people from all over the world have gathered for this festival. And so at about 9 o'clock in the morning they're pushed out into the streets and they begin talking. I don't think they even knew what they were saying. They just began talking. The Holy Spirit just, just, it's like, you know, the wind coming up out of their bodies through their mouths. And they began speaking in like languages they didn't know so that all of the people gathered could hear this great message that they had to offer about the good news of the kind of life that Jesus invites us into and the promises that Jesus makes for those who live that life. And I think that that's how the Holy Spirit works. That it, it encourages us and inspires us and, and sends us to places we never expected to go. I can assure you that on Pentecost in 2003, I never imagined that on Pentecost of 2019, I'd be standing here in a beautiful red scarf. The Holy Spirit sends us places we can't imagine and gives us the ability to do things we can't believe. And the thing is, you know, with Christianity, we spend a lot of time looking at what happened in the past. You know, because Jesus and the, the disciples, they lived a long time ago, 2,000 years. But the thing about Pentecost is, is that it wasn't some kind of one-time event that what we're here to celebrate in this coming of the Holy Spirit isn't that the Holy Spirit once upon a time came to 12 guys in a room. It's that the Holy Spirit enters into each of our lives every day. That that Holy Spirit that came to them comes to us. And that the things that they did are the same things that we can do. That those gathered in that room from that moment on, went out and, and their efforts changed the world. They changed the world so much that 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. We're still gathering together to worship and to understand, to answer Philip's question, Jesus, who are you? And what claim do you make on my life? And so at Pentecost, we, we, we aren't celebrating this event that happened in the past. We're celebrating this ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in us 
to do amazing and great things, to build the kingdom of God, to respond to the evil in the world with love, and to put aside our fears and the things that hold us back, and to do the things that we know in our hearts that we really, really need and want to do, and not worry about what other people think or what the consequences might be, but to live Love unbounded. No barriers or borders to our loving response to the world. That's what we celebrate on Pentecost is that Holy Spirit comes to us every day in our lives and desires to push us out of our scared, dark places into the streets, into the places where the good news of Jesus needs to be heard, where the mission of Jesus needs to be accomplished. And to do that work, to trust that the things that Jesus told us are true and that it is the example around which our lives should be organized. And I look around, I don't I, at 8 o'clock, it's a lot smaller service, so I actually counted everybody. I'm not going to count you, but I'm pretty sure there's more than 12 people here. <laughs> I'm going to go like 37. I don't know. But whatever, that, that, that small group hiding in that room who were sent out into the streets made a huge change, and a change that has affected our world and our lives 2,000 years later. And that there are three times as many of us gathered here today in this one little church. And that like those disciples, what we can accomplish together with the Holy Spirit is unimaginably vast and grand and great and wonderful. And at Pentecost, mostly, I hope that that is the thing that we hold on to. That the Holy Spirit wasn't an early bird special for the apostles only. But it is a power accessible to us that invites us ever forward into a better potential future. And that this mission that Jesus began has been entrusted to us to continue. And that we are participants, partners with God in restoring the vision of goodness with which the world was created. Amen. <laughs>